0: I've entitled this message. Well, let me tell you why I entitled it first. For you older folks, there used to be a poster with Uncle Sam on it that says, Uncle Sam wants you. How many remember that? That means you're 50 or older. Uh, And I want to minister tonight on God wants you and I. God wants you and I. You know, we're living in a really time of, uncertainty, not only uh, when it comes to relationships, but uh, safety in all areas of our life. Uh, This seems like the world's going crazy. How many felt like that? And one of the things, it's hard to turn a TV on or pick up a newspaper or turn your radio on in your car without hearing about something tragic happening. Somebody killing somebody like the father of a child cutting the baby's throat. That's just this week coming in the media. And and school shootings and all the things that's going on. People are it's a real good time for home security systems. Because I read an article they're selling more right now than any time in the history. Because people are concerned about safety in this world we live in. And yet, this is the time I preached last week as well. This is a time of great opportunity for you and I. Think about this. How many of you have ever been invited to the White House and had a meal with the President? Raise your hand. We have two saints on the back row, young ladies that raised their hand. And uh, I am giving an altar call at the end. But you know, there's there's things no matter how important we might feel or what we might achieve that we'll probably never have the opportunity to do that. I remember when I was preaching in London, I, I got to go down in this building and see the crown jewels, diamonds like you've never seen and rubies and all those things. And you know, they're not really good just to look at, they'd be really nice to wear. How many like to have one of those things to wear on the crown jewels. They're priceless stones, they say. And yet, no doubt, I want to encourage you, you're never going to get to wear them. Because those are reserved for the queen and the king and, those, and the royalty of all of London and all of England. And so in life, there's things you and I can't do or will not be able to do. But there's one thing we can do, and that is we can labor with God. And you know, God chose you and I as his instruments to take the gospel into our generations. You know, God could speak from the clouds. He could have lightning come down and hit the earth. He could have all kinds of things. He had a a donkey speak to a prophet. And yet you and I, God wants to use our lives to make a difference in this generation. I was thinking about the people who have been murdered and things that's happening. You know, once that happens, they have no opportunity to make a spiritual decision again. The life is over. There are people in Kingman, people in Arizona, people in America and around the world, they're going to be making decisions in the next, say, seven days, and they have no idea they're going to eternity, but they'll be in eternity, and they'll have no more opportunities. I wonder how many people I've passed by in Kingman or talked to at the mall, Walmart, that, that if I would have known, if I would have known they were going to be in eternity before I'd ever see them again, I wonder how I would do different than I did. Would I have taken time to share with them? Would I have tried to get to know them? Would I... Tell them that God loved them. And yet, in life, I have the opportunity, and you have the opportunity to do that. In the Gospel of John, chapter 4, Jesus says these words My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me and finish His work. And so, we know that Jesus come to die and become that sacrifice for our sins. That every man and every woman and every boy and every girl of every ethnic group of all the world that they might know him and have forgiveness of sin and make heaven their home. And the Bible makes it clear and Jesus spoke those words. They were not just written about him. He spoke those words and let us know that the most important thing in his life coming to be the son of God, coming born of a virgin, coming, he was literally the son of God who left heaven to come to the earth for a purpose and he could have said anything he wanted to say and one of the most important statements he ever made was, my need is to do the will of him that sent me and finish his works. Then he goes on to tell us that time is short. Many of you are reading over and over again. Uh, Tom Frank is writing on Israel. Then time. How many read his uh, writings? Powerful. He's ministering and, and writing things about the end of time. And you know what? We don't have forever. How many knows? If you don't believe it, look in the mirror, you don't have forever. The other day I was going through the file cabinet and I poured out my high school annual. My senior year, I was four foot 11, weighed 84 pounds. I was so sharp that when they lined up for graduation, I had to walk in with the girls there was only one person smaller than me and her name was Hetty Plummer and they stuck me behind it and all my buddies are in the back and here I come walk. But you know, when I looked at that picture, I thought if I only looked like that again. <laughs> but life passes by, doesn't it? And you know, I so was thinking about there, I wanna read a couple more verses for this. In verse 36 and 37, 38 of John chapter four, Jesus said, and he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal that both he and those that sow and he that reaps may rejoice together. And herein is the saying true, one soweth, another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you have entered into their labors. And so we have opportunities to fulfill a destiny that only God can give us. You can go to school, you can learn a trade, you can become a a professional, and and you've earned that. But what we have tonight is something we did not earn. But God chose us when those words were spoken, you didn't choose me, I chose you and ordained you. In other words, you want to be ordained, you're already ordained. The Lord ordained us to go and get fruit, and our fruit would remain. I was thinking about in times of pastoring in years back of the people that we had the opportunity to influence to accept Jesus Christ. There was in the four square church in Bullhead City, in the early years, there was a man got saved. I can't even remember his name, but he was a friend of Howard Pennington's. And, and everywhere he went, he witnessed, and people began to come in the church and get saved. Or he would give a testimony how he had the privilege of leading person to Jesus Christ. There was a family that used to come here, the Nimics. Mike and Jody Nimick, how I many we know him, right? Jody Nimick was one of the most fruitful people that I've ever met in the Prescott Church where my wife and I lived for a period of time. There was person after person that had met Jesus Christ because Jody would share the gospel with them. Tonight I know of four pastors and their wives that got saved because she witnessed to them. Some have served overseas and built works in the Philippines. Others have pastored and some have evangelized, all because Jody Nimick took time to share the gospel with them. Matter of fact, she began to write letters back to the East Coast and invite them to come to Prescott, and they were all hippies in those days. They began to come in there and got saved because Jody Nimick witnessed. When Jody and I took the Four Square Church in Bullhead, I began to ask people how they got saved. Jody Nimick, when they were in Bullhead City, she would witness, and half the church that were Christians, she led them to the Lord. I thought about that today, and I was thinking about the call of God and what He's done, and I thought, God wants you and me. And He wants you and I to fulfill the opportunity that He's given us to bear fruit, and that we can lead people to Christ so they can spend eternity in heaven. The word evangelism means search out and persuade, or take your testimony and share it. Another is to persuade a sinner. You know, this is God's heart. God's heart was for His creation, that He had made Him, put Him in a perfect place, And they had a perfect life, and yet they sinned. But his heart was not to leave them there. But the Bible said, For God so loved the world, he sent his only Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So God's heart is to see men and women converted to the gospel. And you know we're living in a world where people are hurting like never before. There's all these vices they get involved in. You know, families are separated. Lives are fractured. And people all around the world tonight as I'm ministering here, they're looking for something that's worth living for. You know, here in Kingman, you could live and never know your neighbor. How many knows that? I'm not going to ask you how many knows your neighbor's. But I'm telling you, this is a world that's totally changed. I'm not saying it's worse or better. I'm just saying there's tremendous needs all around us here in Kingman, Arizona. This is a beautiful building, isn't it? Things just looks wonderful, doesn't it? But how many knows when they build a house... Or if you hired somebody to build a house, you can pick the carpet out, they can put it in there. Tell them what color the walls need to be, they can paint the walls. You can go out and buy the furniture you've always dreamed about and put it there. But how many knows it's just a building unless somebody lives in it? And a church is only a church when men and women are converted and come and become a part of the family of God and they worship God together. Now, we have people that are converted. We have people who worship God. We have people who come together. You're here tonight. But how many knows that what we need to see is sinners get saved and come in this place and become a part of our family that they might serve God with us and that we might, with these people that come in, partner together to win people to Jesus while we still have time. How many knows values change if you're on your deathbed? I've never went to a hospital and would sit with anybody or in their homes if they were dying who said, oh, I just wish I had another new car. (laughs) Or I wish I could go on vacation. But all they want is just another day. How many knows that? And so this is, how we live in this world. Because the closer you get to eternity, things look different. And yet, we have people, they don't have to be old, they don't have to have cancer, they don't have to have any of that stuff, but they're standing on the portals of eternity. They don't know when their last day's coming, they don't know what's gonna happen, and we have the opportunity to witness. Now, I pre- preached last week. On how when I got saved, the first thing the pastor did was take me to the streets. Remember I preached that. And how he took me to Skid Row. I was 4 foot 11, 80 pounds. You know, and here I am on Skid Row and there's drunks passed out and prostitutes there. And I didn't know what the word witness meant. And then he had to explain to me, you tell them about Jesus and tell them they could change their life. But when he did that, and we began to see people saved, in the mission, Panam mission, it was not there. There was just a place where people came to witness. All of a sudden, it began to fill up with drunks and prostitutes who had gotten saved, and their life had changed. And as a result of that, I realized as a young man, a senior in high school, that the only thing that really will satisfy or give me any kind of hope of my future is to see people saved. On the news several weeks ago in Phoenix, a dog was in a canal. I don't know if anybody's seen the news. And so, oh, I know what it was. It went a few weeks ago. It was a preacher that was here. Yeah. Oh, every day's new for me. <laughs> and he was telling me, telling us, Brian Yeager, that this dog was, couldn't get it to come out. It would come ashore, but it couldn't get out, couldn't get up the hill. so he called the police. So the police came, had a hook, got the dog out, and it made news that a dog was saved. Well, there's some old dogs in this town that need to be saved. They don't bark, and they don't live in the dog house, and they don't eat kennel ration. But they're lost in their sin, and listen, if it's important enough for Brian Yeager to see a dog when he's jogging and he stops and quits doing what he's doing and tries to rescue a dog, which I think is a wonderful thing. And calls the police and the police come and they partner with him and they get the dog out and it makes the news. I wonder what the news is in heaven when one of us reaches some sinner and they come to Jesus Christ. The Bible said all of heaven rejoices. Because the sinners come home. That one that Jesus died for. That one that when he was ridiculed and mocked and beaten for. That one when they called him the devil himself and they wouldn't accept him as the son of God. Yet he was willing to come and leave heaven that you and I would have the opportunity to partner. We get to be a part of this. Do you hear that? You and I can be a part of this that God lets you and I be a part of this that through our life and through our testimony we can share with sinners and we get the opportunity to pray with them and at that opportunity heaven rejoices because we hear Jesus say that we have the opportunity to reap in the kingdom of God sinners who are lost on the way to hell. You know, over the past year, several things has happened that uh, I remember. Events. How many knows that? We remember when 9/11, right? We remember all this happened. And so I remember one day getting up, and on the TV, somebody went into a McDonald's, Drifted in camouflage, began to shoot everybody, massacre the people in McDonald's. I remember those that thing. We've heard of people going in schools. Started in Colorado. Remember that? We didn't begin to shoot kids and kill them. Not long ago, I remember people in church worshiping God and a nut comes in and begins to kill everybody and shoot them. And I was thinking about that for the last couple weeks and I was thinking about Did anybody tell them about Jesus? Is it possible to live in Kingman, Arizona and never no one would come to you personally and tell you that Jesus loved you? Is that possible? I think it is. Or tell you that there's hope for your future? I I think there's opportunities to do that. And you know, when you stop and think, and I was thinking about this, when you stop and think that God lets us be a part of, of the greatest thing that can happen in this world right now, and that's a part of seeing men and women and boys and girls come to Jesus Christ and become a child of the living God. Matter of fact, it's so important that they told in the Bible there was a hundred sheep and one of them got lost and he stopped till he found the lost one. We know about the widow's coin, don't we? We know about the prodigal son. And the reason it's in there, it's an illustration for you and me that we realize how important it is to find the lost. You and I have the greatest opportunity of anybody in this world. There might be billionaires, but that's not what life's about. Of course, I'd like to have it for a couple of weeks. There was a man named Colonel Sanders took his mother's recipe and all of yous had that finger licking good. You've licked your fingers. It doesn't matter if it's Mexican, Oriental, doesn't matter, white, black, doesn't matter. You've had that chicken that gets greasy and you've licked your fingers. But that's not what's important at all. What's important is lost souls. Colonel, Colonel Sanders found that out when he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And he began to testify about people's lives being changed. And so tonight, as we consider this and consider our future and the future of our church, then what we ought to all consider is what's most important to God. And when we think what's most important to God and we get involved in what God says is most important, then God will bless us and then God will bless our church even more and you and I will see people saved and see people make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life. I think the greatest one thing, and I've talked about this here, that happened to me in Jacob's Ladder was I had the privilege of enrolling people and I listened to their stories. They didn't want to be here. I shared this with you already. They'd they, they only hear... court but see them come and they're laughing and they're sitting there and they can't wait till the 13 or 26 weeks is over with. And before long, God begins to speak to them through the preaching and Jacob's ladder are the classes. And now it's time for them to get out. And the same people told me, I don't want to be here. I hate to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to pay money to be here. But then they come in and say, this is a great thing happened. Because in this place, they met met Jesus Christ. In this place, when they met Jesus, their marriages were put back together and kids came home. And see, that's the calling of God. This is the greatest thing could happen to you or me and that is personally, listen to this now. I'm not just talking about bringing them to church. We ought to bring them to church. But I'm talking about we can personally pray with them and lead them to Jesus Christ. And then we can read this scripture and say, wow, I'm a part of what Jesus said I could be a part of. And I've seen what Jesus said I could see. And that is, I could begin to reap in the harvest field and bring people into the knowledge of being born again in Jesus Christ. Pastors have been preaching a series on spiritual warfare. How many knows one of the most the one of the hardest battles of being a Christian is the devil's constantly telling us we can't witness, and if we do, it won't do any good. Right. Oh, well, they, they'll make fun of you if you try to tell them about Christ, or they'll never be interested. But aren't you glad? Am I glad tonight that somebody didn't give up on us? Amen. Amen. That somebody kept praying? That somebody brought us to a church? That somebody shared the gospel and probably prayed with some of us outside of the church building. And we know Jesus Christ because people took it serious. Listen, they took it serious of the call of God that we can be a part of the harvest field. There's a denomination back in the late 50s and 60s was the fastest growing denomination in the world. They'd go out, knock on doors, they go in the streets and witness to people just in everyday life and they become the fastest growing group in the whole world. That's all the nations and everything. They were the fastest growing group. They don't do that anymore. And now there's a group that knocks on your door and my door here in town. And do you know what? Numerically, they are not the fastest growing church in the world. But percentage-wise, they are. Because they've learned something. You can slam the door when they come and say, I'm not interested. I'm already in church. I don't want to talk to you. And two months later, they send another one to knock on your door that you hadn't told them to get away. And they're making converts to what you and I might say we don't agree with. But see, there's a principle. If you witness for Christ, you'll get conversions To whatever you're witnessing far you ladies are experts at it all those new pods if you just buy them little pods and throw them in the washer it's better than pouring (laughs) up detergent in and and then we're gonna get we got dryer sheets now and 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 you know what I mean and we we advertise for everything I advertise for cheeseburgers (laughs) I do you know the closer I get to the finish line you have a tendency to stop and evaluate what's really important and I I can't think of anything more important than as I shared this lost sheep and stopping to go to find that sheep because nothing's more important than someone that's lost this group that's here tonight, Wednesday night, this is just a small fraction of our church. But if we all witnessed, we could fill this church without the other fraction. And not just people to take a chair, but people that's born again. They could give a testimony. Somebody here, they call your name, they witnessed me, they told me about Jesus Christ, they asked me if they would like to pray, and I prayed with them, and I'm changed. I'm not here just because... You got a nice building, but I'm here because Jesus came to my heart. You know, we could fill this building. You might not be able to sit in your favorite chair. Somebody might take it, but we could fill this building. Are you? She's going to put her name on it, Pastor, up here in the front row. Some, Some of our, you know what our favorite song is? I shall not be, I shall not be moved. But I want to encourage us tonight because God's really helping us right now. He's telling us we're in a war. He's telling us there's enemies. He's telling us that we're more than conquerors. You remember when Pastor talked about that, that the Lord took a stick and began to beat the devil? It's called the cross. Remember when he preached that sermon on Sunday? And he told us that, that the devils defeated were already winners then if that's true, then we can go out knowing we're going to win again and make a difference in humanity. That outside this building, we can be known as people that reach the dope addicts, people that reach the brokenhearted, people that reach the alcoholics, the fractured lives, because God, when God calls you to do something, He gives you the ability to do it. And according to the Word of God, we are called. And now he called, he said, don't wait around because you say six months. No, the harvest is ready, he says. We're living in a wonderful time. As bad as everything is on the news. As bad as what uh, people are saying. I want to tell you it's a great time because God is drawing men and women and boys and girls to himself. And he wants us to become his mouthpiece to share with them that it's not just church membership, but your life can be changed, that you can become a new creature, and old things will pass away, and he can set you free from the sin that has bound your life. And if you and I believe that, God will help us. But you know what it's going to take to do that? I have to do it, and you'll have to do it. We have to make a decision. This is what we're going to do. If this is the opportunity God's given us and he says that uh, he'll help us, then we're going to make a decision to seek an opportunity as much as we can to share with people that Jesus can change their life and forgive their sin. Have you ever been in a place where you wanted to do something or wanted to buy something, something but you just couldn't make a decision? like Sunday where you're going to eat? Well, there's more people elbowing and slapping each other. It's getting dangerous up here in front. But isn't that true? Once you make a decision, hesitation stops, doesn't it? torment stops because now you've focused your life to do this. My wife and I were living in the house here. We need to paint and we could just turn the lights dim and it didn't look half as bad. <laughs> Even in daylight, shut the shades and you couldn't see all the scuff marks and stuff. But finally, we made a decision to get our house painted and it sure looks better. It's been good. But how many knows we didn't sit there and all of a sudden a painter comes down through the roof and paints our house and says see you we had to make a decision and that's the way it is if you're going to help and touch lives, you got to make a decision pastor Wilson said he prayed and he said Lord if you're real send somebody I'm sure pastor Jones didn't hear him say that he said it to himself or to God (coughs) But Pastor Jones got up that morning, maybe Shard done what he normally does, and he made decision to go to this trailer park, did not know that Alex had prayed the prayer or asked God to show him if he's real. And when he got to that trailer park, Alex is walking down the road and Pastor Ron Jones comes up to him and starts to witness to him, invites him to church. There was two decisions made. Pastor Wilson asked God to reveal himself to him. The second decision was a man, just like men here tonight, that gets up like you get up in the morning, and he makes the decision to go and to witness to somebody, and Alex was there, and Alex has been a preacher. Alex has been in the mission field. Alex preaches revivals. He's done all these things because a man made decision to look at him, invite him to church, and share the gospel with him. Could it be another Alex in town? Maybe a different name. But they're waiting and they want someone. They're looking for reality and what's real. They can't find it on the TV, can't find it in the party, can't find it in anything they're doing. Life seems to be more trouble than living it. And maybe they're crying out, if this is real, if it's real, and you and I could be the person to go up to them and change their life, be changed totally in the gospel. And who knows? Billy Graham's in heaven tonight, but who knows? There could be another Billy Graham if Jesus tarries that you and I could reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What an opportunity, huh? But we have to make a decision. Now, women understand this because sometimes going to church, they've changed three outfits before they leave. They'll put it on and they'll look in the mirror and they'll go back and say, no, I don't look good. <laughs> now if they don't make a decision they could be changing their outfit for eight hours and nothing would happen. but finally they say, okay, I'm going to wear this and they come to church. that's because they made a decision. You guys had to make a decision to get out of bed. You can lay there, but you finally made a decision, I'm going to get out of bed. You know, something set me free. I used to hate naps when my parents wanted me to take a nap. I hated it. But I made a decision one day, I'm going to take as many naps as I can. And, man, it's been a wonderful time. I can take a nap, get up, go eat something, and say to Johnny, I'm going to lay back down. Oh, it set me free when I made that decision that naps are good. I'm serious, that's no joke. I'm the champion napper of all of Kingman right now. I looked at Joni one night at six o'clock. She said, Where are you going? I said, I'm going to bed. It's six o'clock. Well, I know, but I'm going to bed. So I got up the next morning, came to church, got up at five o'clock, got ready, came to church. I went home the next day, and first thing I did, I said, well, I'm a little tired. I'm going to take a nap before I do anything. It's all true. This is confession. I might have took three or four naps that day before I went to bed that night at 7 o'clock. But I tell you what, it was a great day. Set me free. I made a decision. Spiritually tonight, listen to me. Spiritually, listen. You're You're a person of destiny. You're really important. God chose you and chose me. I mean, that's as important as you can possibly get on this earth. And you know what? He chose us to be his mouthpiece. He chose us to be his feet, to walk to the place that need to be walked. And you and I, if we'll just speak up and begin to tell people about Jesus, some might laugh, some might call you a fanatic, some might say, leave me alone, but there are people out there are waiting for you and waiting for me to come and share the gospel with them because their lives are a total wreck and as we share with them and God anoints us to share and then we look at them and say to them, you know what? If you'd like to know this Jesus, I'd pray with you right now. Will you let me pray with you? And there'll be people let you pray with them and their lives will be totally changed. Right. Yeah. Totally changed. I share with you a friend of ours, a pastor who died. His name was Dennis. He was living in a drug house, Uh, wouldn't go to church, smoking dope, doing the things that druggies do. And we had a little lady in our church. Her name was Janet. Alex knows who I'm talking about. She decided before she'd go to church that night that uh, she knew Dennis and knew his uh, girlfriend at that time. They weren't married, but they had kids. She went to him and said, Why don't you just go to church with me? give God a chance so she didn't. he wouldn't let her pray but she brought him to our church in Swan we could church way out in the country we bought an old school and I gave an altar call. and I remember Dennis coming down the aisle and I prayed and Janet came down she prayed with him and he never looked back he was from that second on was totally set free Amen. come out of the drug house got a job began to be a disciple, went out and pastored traveled and evangelized, miracles, happiness, ministry, all because a little lady in the church in southern Illinois decided to go and do what Jesus said and she found a sinner and witnessed to him and he's in heaven tonight but he's in heaven because somebody, a little lady, she wasn't a big person, took time to go to him and confront him and bring him to church and Jesus totally changed him. And literally, he preached to a multitude of people in his lifetime after that. And only heaven knows how many people is going to be in heaven because he preached, all because a lady in a church believed God would help her and she went and shared the gospel with somebody. Wouldn't it be great if six months from now, we had a 100 people that was totally changed by the gospel of christ because this group here that's heard me preach tonight we went out and started talking about jesus and looking for an opportunity to share the gospel with them and pray with them and bring them to church and we see them transform we see their families healed we see their kids in church and we see seen that's been spared from a place called hell you know there's a place called hell And Jesus came so you and I didn't have to be there because we were lost in our sin, right? And so if he loved us that much, we'll go out and be his mouthpiece and his feet to take the gospel so lives can be changed. I have felt like quitting 100,000 times in the 50-some years I've been preaching, but I can't get away from the scripture. My, my favorite saying used to be, I don't mind people, and I don't mind problems. But people with problems would drive you crazy. That's why some of you shake when you see me. You say, here comes a person with problems. But, uh, but you know what's kept me? That scripture that says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I've ordained you to go out and preach. And you'll have fruit for me. You know, that's not for preachers. That's for Christians. That's right. We're chosen. So let's look for opportunities to reach the lost. Let's, let's look for opportunities to see the people nobody else wants to do anything to do with, that we can maybe share and see them changed by the power of Almighty God. Can you say amen? amen? That's why we invite you to come and check out Jacob's Ladder. You, if you, you all won't believe it if you've never come. You ought to check it out. You'll see people come through this door that's totally not just a mess, they're wrecks. Society's given up on them. But over a period of time, some of you have been sitting by some of them for a year, two years, three, and five years because they're not the same person as they walked in this door. They've been changed because there's Jesus that forgives sin and changes them and they just become as normal as you and I. And so we have this opportunity. If you don't minister in Jacob's Ladder, just minister. Look for an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. Introduce yourself to your neighbor. Go find somebody that's hurting and tell them you care. And if we'll do that, listen to me, if we'll do that, we can look back here a year from now and look around at people that's been changed and say, thank God. I did what Jesus said. Some planted, some watered, some reaps, and I can reap. Let's bow our heads. (coughs) I'm challenging us, and I'm challenging myself tonight. This is what we need to do. They need to be rescued, folks. They need somebody that will stop and take time to share with them. There's a way that will set them free. And if you and I will do that, we'll be happy. We'll be happier than we've ever done before because we'll realize that we partner with the Lord himself and he's partnered with us and lives have been changed by the gospel. Lord, as we leave this place tonight, we pray you would help us (coughs) because if we'll make a decision, Lord, hesitation will be halted. So help us to make a decision to share the gospel, to partner with you that we might see sinners saved, backsliders come home, families healed. And Lord, you understand it's difficult many times to speak out because we don't want to be rejected we don't want people to laugh at us and make fun of us but Lord you you had everything done to you you were accused, you were beaten you, you went through everything just for one of us that one of us wouldn't miss eternity in heaven that you were willing to die for any one of us and pay all the price that you had to pay By coming to the earth and being accused of even being the devil, they accused you. But you were willing to do it that I and everybody in this building could have eternal life. Help us to be your mouthpiece. Help us to be your feet. Help us to be the people that'll go out and touch lice that people might know you and not go to hell, but go to heaven Because we said yes to the commission that we will go into the harvest field and trust you to help us reap the souls while there's still time. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.